So try one week, do a really crazy subject line. Like I think, I think I wrote a subject line the other day that said, if you don't love this, I'll eat my face. I think that was a subject <laughs> line. And, you know, a lot of people open that because it's like, what? You know, it's like, it makes people go, hmm. you just want to grab someone's attention. Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. Today's guest, I am very excited to introduce you to. Her name is Ashley Rennie, and she is coming all the way from London, and I am coming all the way from Celebration, Florida. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about the art of storytelling and copywriting. And Ashley caught my eye. I met her in a Facebook group and she posted a quiz called which Grammy award winning superstar is your business. Take the quiz. And I was excited to find out that I am Beyonce and Megan from my office is Taylor Swift and London is Lady Gaga. So it really caught my attention. It was a fun quiz and it was a deep dive into how important storytelling is in when it comes to your copywriting. So in this episode, we go through all kinds of copywriting secrets from copy that converts, how to find your brand voice, how to use your brand voice in social media content and more. So with that, I want to welcome Ashley. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. I have Ashley Rainey here with me. Hey, Ashley. Hi, lovely to be here. And she caught my eye. We met and we're trying to figure out which Facebook group for women that we are part of, but she posted this awesome quiz that is really brilliant. And it's called, I'm just going to like name it right now, which Grammy award winning superstar is your business? Take the quiz. And usually I don't really take those types of quizzes, but this one like really thought I was so interesting. So today we're going to talk to Ashley about all of her secrets with copywriting that converts and storytelling. But Ashley, I'm going to hand, up, hand the floor over to you. Just tell us a little bit about your background, your journey. I know you're in the UK. Yes. I So I moved to London two years ago, just before the band, pandemic sort of hit about eight months before. And um I am a copywriter and I I had I started my own business and it's called the Story Team. So I run this copywriting business and I work with women all over the world. So my clients are in America and New Zealand and the UK and South Africa, which is where I'm from. And uh, yeah, that's that's my thing. You know, I've been writing my whole life. I've just loved English and and language and words and and I love working with women and and working with women in their business and trying to help them find their authentic voice you know and help that to really come out into their branding and into their business I think it's really really important for businesses to to thrive and to be successful so that's that's what I do yeah, I love that. And copywriting is so important in every single sector when you think about it in business and marketing and communications and, you know, how, what your tone is and your voice and, you know, kind of like reading between the lines and making it fun to read and not mm. difficult and boring and annoying. And <laughs> your website and 
everything that I read that you do is like so opposite of boring and it's so like authentic to you. And yeah, I loved that I took the quiz and I was Beyonce. <laughs> Yay! Also Beyonce. I'm also Beyonce. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. But I think that's it's such a great concept about, you know, the brand voice and taking the quiz and that's the, the first step. So talk about that for a couple of minutes, like how you help brands find their voice and how that quiz really, you know, where does that fall into the, the funnel of that? So what the, the way it sort of works for me is that I, the quiz is kind of where people meet me first, unless they're in the same Facebook group as me, or they've seen me on, heard me on a podcast or in a masterclass of some kind. And I always direct people to the quiz because I think that, so firstly, there's a few important things to note about the quiz is that it's, it's not a traditional lead magnet in the sense that you don't have to give me your email address to get the results. I feel that if you like what I have to offer and you're interested in, you know, hearing from me and being part of my community and on my mailing list, then you will sign up anyway. And that's for me, a much more valuable audience. So I was quite intentional about that. And, and so basically with the quiz, you, you take the quiz, you, you, you find out which brand voice you are. And the quiz is only eight questions and they're lots of fun. And the quiz itself is very colorful and there's lots of gifts and it's, I've tried to make it visually very exciting because I think that's important. And then you get your answer. And if you, you know, if you give me your email address, then you are signed up to my list. And then I, I have a five email nurturing sequence, which you get dripped out to you over a sort of a period of, I would say two or three weeks. And then you transfer to my main, my main list. And then you get an email from me every week. So that's sort of where it sits. And the quiz is, fun you know it's you know it asks questions I don't want to give the quiz away because I want you yeah. I want your listeners to go and and, and take it for themselves it's but fun yeah like a couple of, of of fun questions are if your business was on a night out with its bestie what would that night out look like you know and then there's four options or if your quiz had a signature you know theme song what would that theme song be and and you know, and and so the so the quiz is a lot of fun, and I think there's a lot of value in the answer that you get. So that's where that's how it all fits together. And how did you come up with the idea for the quiz? I mean, it seems like it's a lot of work. I'm just curious, like it's a how lot long of it work. took you, and what you know, if someone were to come up with a quiz, like it's just it it definitely seems like it's very much worth the investment. But kind of walk us through the back end of that. So I, I did a course, there's an incredible woman called Shanti Zak, and she, she's been a copywriter for Amy Porterfield. And, you know, like, she's amazing. And she, she builds quizzes. And I, I, I took her quiz and I, you know, I landed on her sales page and I just thought this is an incredible investment for two reasons. The first thing is that I want to grow my list and I want to grow a list of people that, you know, are really interested in what I have to offer and are like-minded. 
And I also want to, at some point, start building quizzes for clients because I think it's a great lead magnet and I think people love a, a good quiz and quizzes can be really bad. So the quiz has to be, you know, excellent. So I bought this course and it took me, it took me about three months to get through the course and to build the quiz. And because I'm so in love with this idea of authenticity and finding your authentic brand voice in your business, I wanted that to be what the quiz was about, because I think it's a great way, you know, to learn about who I am and what I do and what I'm passionate about. And I just did a ton of research, you know, into the different kinds of brand voices that are out there and, what they mean and who they target and what they offer. And I sort of came up with this idea of, you know, if a brand voice was a pop star, which pop star would exemplify this brand voice the most? And that's how I came up with the four different pop star results. So yeah, it was a ton of fun. It was a lot of work, but a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I mean, speaking of brand voice, you know, can you give us some, some tips on if you just are not sure if you really have your brand voice, you know, on target at mm -hmm. all, or you're just trying to figure it out? Mm -hmm. What are some, do you have like a little tiny bit of a checklist you could share with us? Absolutely. So the very first thing I think there's, this is a sort of a, it's a double-edged sword because you want to be being as authentic to yourself as you can, but you're also speaking to your ideal client, right? So you've got to try and find that balance between who your ideal client is and who you are and, and make that sort of find that magic in between the two. So for me, the way that I do it is I, is I look at who my client is and I really try and figure out their pain points, what they what they want, what they need. I do a lot of market research in Facebook groups. So I ask questions, I, I observe, I listen, I, I, I sort of read other people's conversations and I make notes and sometimes even steal like phrases, you know, that pop out at me that people use. I go, wow, that's, that would make for great copy, you know? So I, so I, I, I do a lot of stalking, <laughs> but not in a creepy way. So yeah, I just try and, and, you know, I have a folder, a swipe file folder as well. So any emails that I get from people that I think are amazing, I will keep so that I can refer back to them and go, what worked about this? What resonated with me? And then I think about who I am, you know, and the phrases that I use in my everyday and the, the things about me that people respond to. So I'm super loud. I swear sometimes. So I will swear like in my blog, I swear a lot. I, I say crazy things like, you know, like the stalking thing I just said, like, you know, I just have a, a way, we all have a way. And that's what makes your brand voice unique. And it's those things that you say in conversation that people laugh at or you make their eyes sort of pop out of their head. That's you. That's, that's the gold. And I think you have to be super aware of when you have those, when you get those responses from people and make a mental note, because that stuff you can use in your copy. It's really, really powerful. 
Um, I think another interesting part about just brand voice in general is, you know, somebody's typically reading your brand voice and copywriting, so they're not hearing it, but when they're reading it, the way that you are teaching some of these tips is that they're actually hearing it. You know, they're actually hearing the tone and the inflection in the brand voice by doing the, you know, the word stalking. It's like, kind of like, what? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and I do lots of other things and, and this is when you start to get into much more detail with copy, but like, you know, that's why some copy, some of my copy, I will, I will write all in caps, you know, because that's when I'm, that's when I'm being super loud, which is, Mm -hmm. I, I am often really loud, you know, so I'll just be like, I'll just write a line in caps or I'll italicize it or I will bold it or I'll put a full stop between three words, you know, to like Mm -hmm. emphasize a rhythm. And that's when copy for me starts to really get exciting because it's when, it's when the reader can actually hear it instead of it just being like dots on a page, you know, or, or ink on a page. So that's important to think about. Definitely. Yeah. And this is an example of more of a fiction, but copywriting, but when I, I, I don't know if you read the book Gone Girl. Yes, of course. And the way that that she like the spacing and just the way her 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 the way that she writes is so not traditional and so yeah. awesome because you feel like you're just like in it, you know? Yeah. And train train spotting did that as well. Train spotting. Yeah. I don't know if you've read that book, but that no. book was so I can't remember the accents. I think it's Irish, but mm-hmm. it's written in the accent. So it's the it's just amazing. And I think we can learn a lot from creative writers because copy copy sh- really good copy shouldn't feel like sales writing. It should feel like creative writing, you know, mm-hmm. but it should, it should push the reader to take some sort of action. And that's why copywriting can be so tricky. So it's yeah, it's like better to break the rules, you know, don't be afraid to, to break the rules. Totally. I get, I get the best responses when I break the rules. It's, it's weird. And I'm not, I'm not inherently a rule breaker. Like I've become a rule breaker, but I, I really want to, I always want to do the right thing. And so when I write not, and it's not for all clients. I have a client at the moment who's a leadership coach and rule breaking isn't her thing and it's not part of her brand and it's not her voice. And that's great. You know, I, you know, we very much stick to, we stick to the rules with her, but then I have another client that's all about breaking the rules and just being super creative and really having a lot of freedom with language and words. And there each can be powerful in its, in its own way, but rule breaking is particularly interesting to me. Yeah. What are some tips that you can give us on social media content and really letting your voice shine through? You know, I wrote a blog. So the single biggest, most traffic inducing blog that I created was a blog about a a really nasty incident that happened to me on a train actually in June or July. So it was a super personal blog. And I, and I linked to it in all my social posts that week. And I think, I think the, the phrase that I used was I had written a blog. What did I say? I said, I had a blog planned already for tomorrow or for today, but then last night I was surrounded by three men on a train and that's all I wrote. And then I linked to the blog and the blog got, I mean, it just got tons of 
interaction, you know, and traffic. And so I guess for me, social media content becomes really interesting when you mix it up. So I think creating value is really, really important, like 80% value. So not selling at all, just creating value around your niche, your industry, what you know, your, your tips and advice, you know, tips and advice posts are great. But then every now and then having, having a piece of content like that, that is super personal. It's a little bit unsettling. It's a bit uncomfortable. You know, it makes people sit up and go, geez, who, who is this person and what is this about? And they, and they remember that stuff, you know, and then of course selling, but minimally, you know, selling a, a product or a, a service or a, you know, advertising a webinar or, or whatever. But I really think it's about value and then authentic stories about who you are. I think people respond to that so well. Yeah, that actually happened to me this year. So, I mean, most of my uh, podcast episodes are, you know, talking about somehow relating to PR, social and or SEO or some sort mm. of digital marketing angle. And earlier this year, I suffered from extreme burnout and I just like had a little bit of like a meltdown and took a big break. And I came back with clarity and kind of reshuffled my, my business. And I did a solo episode on social PR secrets, just talking about, you know, my life lessons, my transition, my burnout, and it's the most popular episode. And yeah. people are like, you know, were like sending me messages, like Lisa, thank you so much for sharing. And I like li- literally recorded it. And I'm like, do I, is this like, what, I was the I, same. <laughs> should I publish this? Is this going to be like a huge can of worms? I know I was the same, right? Like I, because I, because this thing happened to me and I, and I literally got home and I was still so I was so upset and I just wrote this thing and I, I didn't publish it immediately. I slept on it and I came back and I, I edited it a bit and then I published it and I was like, Oh, is this the right thing to do? And it was absolutely the right thing to do. And I think, you know, you can't do that all the time. You can't do that with all your posts or all your content because then it's too much. But I think people, it also makes people feel like they're being seen, right? Because I'm sure a lot of your listeners have experienced burnout and they, you know, I think, I think it's great for people to identify with you and go, wow, yeah, this, this woman and I have been through the same experience and that's amazing. And I feel like I'm more connected to her now. And so I think never be afraid of telling those stories, you know, about what's happening in your life and, and owning that. And also saying, I'm really scared to talk about this, but here, here we go. Let's see what happens. Ironically. So I was this weekend, I was cleaning out my Google drive because I reset my business. So a lot of what I was doing, I'm not doing anymore. So I'm archiving stuff, going through stuff. And I found this, I had this folder called Lisa's writing that I haven't put anything in it in years. And I think I created it like five years ago, just for somebody told me like, you know, just start a folder and just write every day. And like, don't Mm. worry about publishing. You're not writing for anything. You're writing for you. And I found this article in it and it's called, the title was, I want your life. Do you still work? It looks like you're always on vacation. And it's this article that I wrote and never published. And I, I don't even really remember writing it. And it's still very relevant. 
Yeah. And so I'm going to publish it. It's five years publish old. Publish it. Like, do yeah, it. Yeah. And email I mean, me. I want to read it. Yeah. Tell me yeah. about it. But I can remember what triggered it because I was annoyed that people were like, oh, you always look like you're on vacation. Your life must be so perfect. You know, and I'm like, well, that's because I you don't hear about all that shit that happens in the background, <laughs> yeah. you know? So I wrote this article just to kind of like vent to myself, but now yeah. I'm going to publish it. I think you should. I, I also think you know, being an online entrepreneur can be really rough because, I mean, I don't know about you. I follow a lot of different people who are at different stages of their career, but I think there are some people out there who just follow, you know, the people who are like six and seven figure and I'm not there yet, you know, and sometimes, sometimes I don't want to see those posts. I want to see the posts from people where they've, they've had a, a crappy day and they, and they let me in on that. And then I go, okay, cool. I'm not the only one struggling today. And I think, you know, I think, I think it's really important to let those, those thoughts and those feelings come out. So you should definitely publish it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No question. I'll definitely <laughs> let you know when I do. Definitely. Um, so as far as copywriting and there's all different types of copywriting that I'm sure you work with your clients on. I mean, email is a big one that I'm really starting to try to get better at and focus on and being in the PR world, you know, email was always an important tool to use, but it was more one-to-one like when, you know, going pitching journalists yes, yes. versus building a list. What are some copywriting tips that you can have, can get, can share with us regarding email and like you talked about your sequence subject mm. line I, li- I love the art of mm. line and also the preview text and formatting anything like that that you you think you want yeah to so I I write so many emails I write emails for all my clients and I completely love it and so I think the thing to remember about email is that yes you're writing to your whole list but actually when that email arrives in the inbox of that person you're only writing to them and it took me a really long time to understand that I can't write things like how are you all doing I have to write how are you doing because that one person is receiving that email and it's very personal and they've let you into their inbox and so it's really important to remember that you're always writing to one person that was like the biggest thing I had to understand the second thing I think is for me and I think one of the reasons why my emails work is that I write I think about my best friend when I write my emails and I write my emails as though I'm writing them to my best friend because it makes me a little bit more relaxed I write the way I speak when I do that and it's also I'm I don't know. It's just more conversational. So, so that's the second thing that I, that I would, that I would think about. The third thing is to, when you're thinking about subject lines, you know, I don't think there are any rules with subject lines. I think that sometimes you need to do tests and you need to see what works and what doesn't work for yourself and for your audience. So try try one week do a really crazy subject line like I think I think I wrote a subject line the other day that said if you don't love this I'll eat my face I think that was a subject <laughs> line and you know a lot of people open that because it's like what you know it's like it makes people go hmm. you just want to grab someone's attention but then if it's something where you're offering a really super amazing valuable 
free experience to someone, then you might want to make it much more sort of normal and be like, you know, I'm running a free VIP day, not that a VIP day would ever be free, but, you know, I have a free day happening where, how would we put this into a subject line? Learn all my copy skills in an hour for free. That's, you know, people, people might click on that because they're struggling with what their copy. It's an hour. Exactly. What do they have to lose? So depending on what your email is about, that will obviously dictate your subject line, but I would play around with it. I would play around with subject lines and I would also play around with your preview text, you know, make it enticing, make people go, oh, wow, I wonder what this is about. So be, I don't know, be a bit brave. Don't ever write, I hope you're well, or I hope this email finds you well in your preview line. That's like literally one of my biggest pet peeves. When I get an email from somebody that says, hi, my name is, I hope you are well. It's like the biggest (laughs) filler two sentences. No, that's, I mean, that, that, that preview text and that subject line is like prime real estate. You want your juiciest stuff going in there, you know? So, you know, one week, try be wacky one week, try and be a bit more middle of the road, but lots of value one week, try use their name in the subject line. That can be really powerful. So like you would say something like Lisa, has this ever happened to you, you know, and your email service provider has a little html code or whatever that you can insert in there mm-hmm. and you know the relevant first name will pop up so yeah so i would just say play around with subject lines but make them interesting make them interesting and also you know be cognizant of the emails that you're receiving that you're opening that you know the subject lines that are speaking to you make notes of those and and try and play with that and see if you can't emulate those in some way because I think we can all learn from really great copywriters you know I wouldn't worry about length of email I think if the email is juicy and it's got some good stuff in there length doesn't matter some of my emails are super short some of them are a bit longer use gifts I love gifts I think they are the coolest thing ever they can be really funny and be you just you know, talk about something that happened to you in the week that made you excited or angry or made you think about something differently, you know, talk about yourself. I think it's, I think that that's really powerful and then go into whatever it is you you're trying to offer. Or if you have a podcast, you know, then say, Hey, this is the podcast this week. But I think, I think writing to people like you're writing to a friend can be really can be a really great way to start with emails. Do you have any advice or even some resources on unnecessary words and filler type of words, like how, how to, you know, a list of like, for example, I, my pet peeve is like using the word great to describe something. Cause it's just like so generic. Yeah, I do have actually. So, so I have a copywriter friend who's amazing. I've learned a lot from her. And if you have any, adjectives that start with the qualifier very so like very excited what could you say instead of very excited you could probably say something like exhilarated or maybe I don't know maybe titillated too much like I would (laughs) use the word jazzed I'm totally jazzed you know Mm -hmm. so anywhere where you have a very and then an adjective 
I would, it's excited. No, is excited an adjective? Yeah, yeah. Is it? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Every time you have a very, try and see what comes after the very and replace the very and that word with, with another more powerful word. So you can do that. I think great's another one that you can totally can and come up with something more exciting. My thesaurus lives on my on my table. So my thesaurus is with me all the time. And if I ever read an email that I've written and I go, I don't know, this isn't working. I will pick up my thesaurus and see what's in there. So have a thesaurus. I can recommend that. And I think, and, you know, phrases. So I hope this email finds you well, you know, it's just, you're not writing to your accountant, you know, you're writing to your list and they, they, they want to be, you know, it's that, it's like when I'm, when I have a gap in my day, that's when I go into my emails and I read all the emails that I've got from people whose list I'm on, because I want a moment of inspiration or I want a moment of laughter or I want a moment of something. And so, you know, avoid phrases that are going to clutter your email take just take them out just take mm-hmm. them out and use those phrases that are very unique to you so I'm totally jazzed I say things like shut the front door I was so excited or <laughs> shut the front door in your face this is going to be the best day ever. do you know what I mean like little things that yeah. I say in my life I'll put that into my emails because yes. that's that's me you know and then there are power words that you can you can use I can I can send you a list you could you could send that to your to your people if you want yeah that would be great I I read an article a few years back and one of the it's like the maybe the top five unnecessary words and one of them Mm. was was the word that and so it it challenged it said go go to you know like take a document or article that you write or one of I get from one of my writers and I'll just do a a find for the word that and in 99% of the cases, you can just delete the word and the sentence is cleaner. Like totally. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I never really paid attention to that. But now when I see the word that, also the word but. <laughs> Absolutely. Another. And another trick that I do with almost all of my writing is that I, I will never send something I've written on the day that I've written it. I will sleep on it. So mm-hmm. I'll write it. I will sleep on it and I'll come back to it. And inevitably there will be a way that I can tweak it, make it better, edit it to make it cleaner, like you just said. And really, really great copy is actually about editing. Mm -hmm. It's about taking out the stuff that is unnecessary, taking taking out the stuff that clutters the message and getting it clean and crisp and, you know, connecting, connecting the thoughts. That's, that's great copy. Yeah. I love that. I love Mm -hmm. that. Will you share with us some of the offerings that you have to your your prospects when it comes to yeah voice and copywriting? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, we what I usually do with clients is I we have a, a thirty minute call just on me on my time to get to meet you and to figure out where you're at and what you need, and then I I'm writing at the moment I'm writing quite a few websites. So websites are my thing. I have a package for websites. And then if you are interested in expanding that into a website, plus a sales page, plus an email funnel, we can do that. So, you know, I I can mix and match different offers depending on what it is that you need. Some of my clients 
just want me to write their blogs and that's and that's what I do so it's really it's really entirely up to you I am writing quizzes for people so I do have a package for the quiz if people are interested in that but as I say that 30 minute call we can just chat and and discover what it is that you need okay well we'll put all of that in the show notes and I just want to circle back to one question or Mm. tips that you can give us around copy that converts Mm. we don't want to just write copy to write copy we want the copy to do something and to convert so what are yeah maybe one or two tips that you can give us so when you're writing copy it's so so important to focus on the reader all the time so you know a lot of people make the mistake of writing a sales page or a website and they say a lot of the time they say we do this I do this we are experts at this Actually, what you really want your copy to say is you are this, you need this, you're after this. So lots of, it seems so silly, but lots of use of the word of you and your is really, really powerful. Really focus on the benefits of what you're offering and not the features. So a feature, you know, if you're putting together a sales page, Um, or a website, a feature would be the services you provide, but the benefit would be what your client is getting. So the feature you offer is, so if we use me as, as an example, the feature that I offer is I can write your website. I can write five pages of your website. That's the feature. But the benefit is that you, the client, will rake in way more money and more clients because of this badass copy that you have on your websites (laughs) so benefits are really really huge and then try and predict the object the object objections of your clients so a client's always going to have objections like I can't afford this or I've tried this already or I don't have the time so try and predict those and answer those in the copy if you can so that you're the whole time you, they just feel like you're inside their head and you're talking to them. That's those, I think are the most powerful things you can do. Thank you so much. Those are awesome secrets that you've shared. Yeah. And as we kind of wrap this up, are there any last words of wisdom, some resources you want to share? I think for me, the most important thing when you're, when you're thinking about your brand voice and your copy is to try and don't try and be like anyone else try and be you and but be really you because that can be really really scary so so really try and think about who you are and and what you're about and why your friends and family just totally love you and bring that into your brand and your voice and your copy as scary as that is and in terms of resources I I would you know I I don't have a particular resource. I would look at copy that makes you excited and think about why it makes you excited. And then I would go and look at, you know, entrepreneurs who, who are super successful and why that is and how they're being unique and, and really owning and owning who you are, even if it means some people won't like you, that's okay. That's, that's what you want, I think. So those are my those would be that would be my my advice it reminds me of something that inspires me when I'm trying to think of good ideas for writing or writing a headline I like to ideally I'll buy like 
the Wall Street Journal or USA Today and have the physical, real, you know, print versions or Cosmopolitan or something, you know, depending on what I'm trying to write, like I did writing for a plastic surgeon. So the Cosmopolitan headlines with you know, Us Weekly or People mm. Magazine, like mm. you know, those are kind of those, like, you know, you're at the grocery stand and you, you the impulse type of headlines, those yeah. crazy headlines actually like really are inspiring to write something that is going to get somebody to take action. Totally. And take pictures of that stuff. Like, I can't tell you the number of times I'm like, I'm just, you know, go, I'm getting on the train or I'm in a train station and I, and I see an ad and the copy is just amazing. And I just snap a picture of it, you know, cause it, it, it pops and I'm just like, yep, that got my attention. That's a kind of copy that works, you know, and keep a file it's and go back to that file and, and get inspiration from that. It's so, so important. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for sharing all of your copywriting secrets with us and more. And we'll put all the links in, in the show notes and hopefully we'll have you back. And I that would be wonderful. also tap into you just a little um, hint hint for the Female Disruptors Virtual Summit that's coming up. I would love Ashley to be a speaker. So you can stay tuned for that. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.